mother told him, you know, you should never be afraid to do the right thing. And what is the right thing? I believe it's to include other people in our joy and our bliss. And it's okay to be in our own world of that. But when there's an opportunity to have a shared experience, that's what life is about, to share and connect. And you never know what that that moment can do, what the ripple effect will be in someone's life. Hello, beautiful beings. Such a pleasure to be speaking to you once again. After a little bit of a pause, I was grounding down in my homeland of Canada this last month after journeying for almost a month to get back from Central America during these COVID critical times. It was uh, the first time in a long time I've been completely out of my comfort zone moving across the lands and the waters which was interesting to experience again what it can be like to to be afraid and to uh, be uncomfortable almost to the limit of what one can take but I am very grateful to be back in Canada to be with family, to have the opportunity to plant some seeds in the grounds and share some stories and some care, care for the land and the beautiful people on it here in Canada, Turtle Island. I'm very blessed to be able to bring you the wonderful wild words of my sister Keisha, soul sister, who amazingly managed to find her way to this hunting lodge, this small cabin that I was building in the forest near my mom's place. And I returned from Central America and saw all these signs of, of a sanctuary, all these little altars, and I was so amazed and astounded to see this little project that I started before my travel at the start of the year got uh, picked up and wholeheartedly sanctified while I was away and that really encouraged me coming back to these lands to to see what what is my what is my vision my mission now that uh, my current path has changed in many ways that I did not plan or foresee. There's these moments in life when we cross the path of another and there's this subtle and soulful recognition. And this is what I experienced even before meeting Keisha. 
even just when I saw the signs that she had left and the gifts, I recognized a generous spirit that I was very much aligned with. And she showed up. I gave her a call. She came back after I was finished my quarantine. And we hit the road together. We did a spontaneous road trip uh, to the beautiful beaches and lakes and landscapes of, of my homeland. And on that journey, I got to reconnect with the culture here, what's been going on. I got to see how people are living out day to day this new reality and how there's a big need, a big desire to to walk the path of peace and the path of the heart and to not live in fear, fear which stops us from living, but to actually use this opportunity to pivot even more strongly in the direction of what is our essential calling. And that will be, of course, different for each one of us. But for me and Keisha, I think our meeting was really one of beautiful purpose. And I decided to compile this podcast as a kind of collage of the different sounds and music and and words that Keisha and I shared over that week. At the very end, we sat down next to a river and had this conversation. And it still is very alive in my heart, this way of going in the flow and trusting the journey of life, even when it doesn't look anything like we had planned or anticipated. And we just keep walking forward and trusting the path of our hearts because it feels good and because it's fun and because in this way we can really come to say what life is to us, what life is for us. I'm walking here in a mellow, a mellow meadow watching the life spring up and dance all around me, fluttering, flying, flowering. And I'm calling in some guidance for the next step, for the next movement and moments. I am really passionate about making these podcasts, about making the videos, and about sharing as much as I can the things that make my heart sing and dance. And so I hope you enjoy this little adventure. And it really has meant a lot, those of you who have reached out to me already and shared what you've thought and what you felt and the impact that uh, this has had on you. That's been very encouraging which (laughs) I hate to admit I really need because oftentimes I can lazily not want to put myself out into the world wide web for fear 
of being exposed as a human being who doesn't know everything and who sometimes uses the word like and you know more than I would like, <laughs> you know? So thank you, really, from the bottom of my heart for joining with me in this moment. And I wish you all the best as we continue to weave our way through this world. Follow your heart.
May all beings be happy and well. And peaceful. And may we be happy and well and peaceful and share the truth. Purest form of it, in service to the good of all. For you, what is the purest form of truth that you've experienced? Let's say sensations. Eye contact is the first thing that came to heart. Yeah, and sensations. Each human is their own universe. We're not able to fully understand or grasp what a sensation might be to somebody else, but I'd say that's one of the strongest forms of truth for me are sensations in the body. Pointing, directing, guiding to something hidden, something looking to be cleared, or guidance to how to move or navigate next. And eye contact, because in within eye contact, uh, I feel it's really easy to see oneself in another and connect with the fact that we're all human, period. And even just through our eye contact, we can transfer so much knowledge and download so much. It doesn't take a lot of words. I think that's the thing about people who have mastery of something, being in the same room as the Dalai Lama or something of such. There's a presence. That's what I mean by the sensations. That's one of the strongest forms of truth. There's just a these sensations of knowing and a different kind of vibration that allows for one to hear oneself and to distinguish things newly. Yeah. The bird agrees. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd, I'd like to go back a bit to the beginning of your journey and especially that moment in your journey where you decided to forge a different path and to follow the heart, as you say, you know, <laughs> to become a heart follower. Where did that start for you? Or what was the, the guiding? The launch. The, the guiding launch. <laughs> yeah. Well, after completing another, quote, job, that promises pension and another relationship that did not, um, another relationship that taught and had many lessons and treasures and gifts wrapped into it. I was back at home with my folks again and I was at a point where I could feel like there was all this work I needed to do on myself because I knew I'd made all these decisions and choices and I was in charge of what I do with myself in life. and. I had this wonderful canvas that I actually got here in Ontario when visiting some family and I had brought it on the plane carry-on back to BC and it says follow your heart it is the only compass you need this life is your message to the world let it be extraordinary and I never grew up with any kind of spiritual teachings or trainings and 
I didn't know how to pray. I just kind of would sometimes talk to this somewhat of a God is in the sky kind of context from a young age, but very far and few between. So I said, okay, I'll just, I'll get down on my knees and I'll just sit and I will just repeat this as a mantra. And so I repeated it three times. I would read it three times. I'm like, okay. And I did that for a few days. And then I tested my memory and memorized it. And then what I started doing was I went, okay, what do I want to do? I want to, I want to live a life where I'm following my heart and I don't do anything that doesn't feel good to me and doesn't bring me joy. Okay, well, how do I do that? And I want to inspire many other people to live as heart followers. Okay, then, and I'm just talking to myself in my room that I grew up in in Vancouver, actually. Like, okay, so how do I start following my heart? Well, what do you want to do right now, heart? And I just came out of the other end of a relationship that I knew was out of integrity for myself, but had many lessons and blessings, as I mentioned. And so I... Um, and I'd been laying in bed, just exhausted from this job that was six days a week. And I was not happy, but I'd given my word to completing it, a year of it. So I did it, and then the relationship came to an end. And so I was just laying in bed for weeks, and even getting up to pee was an accomplishment. I was so exhausted, spiritually, emotionally, physically, everything was drained. And so when I started this mantra, I started to feel more invigorated and I had a friend who was going out of town from Vancouver to Tofino. He said, you can stay in my room. He shared it with a, a fellow roommate who is now a good friend also. And so I went to his place for a week. I left the nest again. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and live like a tourist in my own town or just go and get out of the family nest and see what comes. And so I basically started living like a traveler in my own city, couch surfing and I remember that week in my, or the weekend in my friend's room, I was just laying there, just contemplating, like, okay, what's next? And, and it was just this gradual process of literally asking my heart and listening and watching for signs as to what I was wanting to do. And I literally followed my bliss, as it's been said in the past, it's a similar uh, context. Um, yeah, just having it grown tired of living how everyone else deemed I should live or how I believed I was supposed to live or to appease people or please other people or... Yeah. That's probably the same thing, isn't it? Appease and please. <laughs> In essence. Um, so that's basically how it all started for me. And I had drawn this heart follower figure where it's these two half moons for eyes and a bigger half moon under and then I drew my hairstyle at the time and drew this big sunflower on the side because I used to wear a big sunflower on the side of my head and and uh, then the body I worked at the YMCA and I designed this for healthy hearts in the YMCA I used the Y and then it's a upside down triangle and I used that as a heart and that was the body then I gave it arms and legs, so essentially I could draw anybody just by changing the way the face smiles or the hair. And um, The idea was to just have it relatable to anyone and everyone, and everyone can be a part of it, because I believe everyone, essentially with humanity, if we all followed our hearts and agreed as a whole species to be loving and kind and compassionate or gentle with one another, that we could circumnavigate and be nomadic and 
circumnavigate our own planet, you know, with ease and with joy and follow our hearts to wherever we felt called most, whether it's your homeland or whether it's a new land. Um, yeah, so I basically continued that pattern of asking my heart where and what it wanted and then listening for a response and responding with what brought me the most joy. And any time I went down a rabbit hole or I followed something that or I found myself in a position or situation where I wasn't feeling joy, there was often, and there have been many of these times in the learning process the past four years, those were the reminders of, well, I didn't listen to my heart at a certain point, and I was coming from a place of survival or manipulation that I didn't even realize I learned from other influences or were ingrained into me, and so I had to de stabilize all these old programs and create a new program for myself and if I walked myself down a rabbit hole to stop and literally every day is a new day to make a new choice so instead of beating myself up which I did quite a bit at the beginning of beat myself up with this I should have known better stick or ugly stick or whatever kind of self-abusive <laughs> um, sense um, I would just have more compassion for myself and um, yeah, and just really allow myself to learn that lesson, take that new knowledge, and then move forward with it and do my best the next day. Every day just doing the best I could. And it just felt like there was this never-ending list of things I needed to improve within myself and wanted to, you know, be able to do it all at once. But it took a, it's, been, it's been a process to just learn new habits and to have compassion when I would fall on my face again or make a choice that wasn't good for myself or another and then be honest about, oh, it's because I wanted to get my way or I was trying to manipulate something or someone because I wanted this result or I needed that or I felt I needed that or I was desperate or I... Da -da 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 it was all this line of allowing myself to own my humanity and appreciate that I am everything and I started coming from this standpoint of you know this whole I am I am that I am is that acknowledgement that we are everything and so fully embodying and living from the standpoint of I am everything so I can see everything and every kind of dark aspect of a human that has shown up I don't have to necessarily I do not have to live through it and go and make those same choices so I don't have to go and murder someone for example or take a life of something or someone in order to understand fully that experience of another, but as much as possible be open to experiences so that I can have more compassion towards myself, first of all, and then be understanding of others and get as close to the understanding of other people's experiences and trials and tribulations so that I can be of assistance and service to as many people as possible. And even something like addiction, because I didn't have an alcohol addiction or a drug addiction, I didn't have that. To me, that's what addiction was. I wasn't able to see my addictions to sugar and all these other things until they started to surface, or I started to ask myself very pertinent questions. Like, well, am I addicted to something? Or well, it, to me, it occurred like I had no fear. I'd suppressed so much I'd suppressed and didn't even understand myself. And I had all these masks and adaptabilities to any situation any person and I could just chameleon my way through things but I didn't know myself like who's at the core of all that what do I really think what do I really feel so it was this journey of paving a path for other people 
in my heart, I wanted to be able to clear whatever I have ancestrally and in this lifetime for myself and family so that people behind, alongside me and that come after me don't have to go through the same things. Like it ends with me when I was in Africa. I was learning the power of prayer and at a certain point I could feel the difference I was making for my family. I could hear prayers being made for me from afar and when I would hop on Facebook briefly, I would say, your prayers are working, please keep praying, or something of the sort. It was very, very, very powerful. And um, you're speaking a lot to listening in deeply mm -hmm. inward to sensation and to yeah. things that are surfacing. And I resonate a lot with that power of, of listening and mm -hmm. inward awareness. And what, what would you say to to me or to anybody who wants to keep going down that path of evolving that, um, that capacity to listen and to really discern deep within what is conditioning, what is programming, what is your mom or dad's voice or you know, society at large's voice and what is that true uh, voice of your heart? It's a really great question. To discern our own voice. What I found very helpful is to be still. Find a place where you can be quiet and still and alone, if that's possible. And even if not, and your conditions outward are not ideal, and you have people buzzing around, just connecting with one's breath and just an internal dialogue and the internal thought and posing the question of what is it that you want heart and just waiting for an answer, being okay, being still until you hear a crystal clear response. And every time I would know it because I would either be drawn to smile because it would feel good. I'm like, oh yeah, I want to do that. Uh, and it would just be very simple. It's always very simple. The answer It's just a matter of can we be still enough to hear it? And that was one of the challenges in traveling was so many different environments, constantly shifting, constantly changing, not knowing how to ground myself, but being internal and being in constant prayer internally for, okay, what, what do I really want or what feels good to me? And sometimes I'd meet travelers like yourself along the road and be inspired by their projects and then I want to do that and I want to do it all and but then I'd be off my own path and then I'd have to, you know, check back in with my heart. So, um, yeah being okay asking and listening. And anytime there's the desire to ask someone else a question, ask oneself first. Like, oh, because the answer is always within and our hearts always know. And generally, like I said, it's very simple and it'll bring a smile, it'll feel good. That's the biggest indication. And anything that doesn't could be something that there is to process and allow to flow out of the system and out of the body. Like, oh, well, I have a resistance to that. But even as those heavier um, feelings or sensations, if someone might call them heavier or more unpleasant, if you want to put a name or term to it, those are also really beautiful indicators that direct us also. You know, because the heart might say, well, I really just want to have a good cry and I want to do nothing for a week or a month and being able to honor that, you know, and really listen into what it is 
our bodies are saying it wants, regardless of what's going on in our outer perimeter, what other people expect of us, one of us, da, 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 what our brain might be telling us we need to do to accomplish that project, this task, this blah, 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 blah. Ultimately, in the stillness, our heart will whisper. So it's being able to listen to that. And yeah. give the space and stillness to ourselves. Yeah. Trusting that there is that wisdom inside. Yes. Listening and following that bliss. <laughs> yeah, you said just follow the bliss. And I'd like to just hear you uh, express what is your, your biggest bliss to follow these, these moments, critical times. The biggest bliss are moments like this where we get to be exactly where we are with you and me in the moment is we that is where we are free when we can be present being here now in the moment and yeah being able to appreciate and see the gift of every moment every human that we come in contact with or every animal every insect and seeing the value of everything equally, not just the stuff that we desire or want. Once we've attained that or gotten that, then that's when I will feel bliss. No, being able to feel it within ourselves. You know, like that, yeah. Did I answer that question? I feel like I might have veered slightly. <laughs> veered in and out of being completely present and being able to enjoy the present moment I think is very much linked and is where to find bliss but I've noticed in my experience that I can get to those those spacious moments easier when I'm for example dancing and listening to music and so in tune with the sound and moving my body my, or my body moves instantaneously to the sound that all all that needs to be done is for me to just smile and enjoy and witness what's happening and that's yes. that's like the driving force that's like the driving force so for me the you know following that bliss is is allowing myself to pursue that in life and that gives more moments for bliss to emerge i really like that you pointed that out the movement and the dance because that has been a big part of me and being blissful is no matter where I am I'm I've always been very appreciative and inspired by music and art and so the combination of music sounds and then the movement has also been a huge point of my own expression where even if I don't have words or I don't speak the same language as someone I can just move my body and people will understand the communication and they'll feel it they'll have that sensation of peace themselves because perhaps they're in their own boxes where they don't feel like they can express themselves so being able to express oneself in whatever way shape or manner we feel is best for us as long as we're not harming another in the process i believe mm -hmm. is a big point of our bliss factor or our heart being able to beat joyfully and lightly also and, and would, do you have any strategies or techniques or something that works when you are in your bliss and then in that experience come face to face with suffering or with sorrow or with 
you know, someone who is maybe boxed in or disconnected and, and there's an, you know, there's an eye contact or there's some kind of connection and, you know, to, to not block out those incoming energies, but welcome them, welcome them and, and transmute what's happening yes and help that grow yes outside of just yes. your own experience do you, yeah i'm very curious about this aspect. so being conscientious of my breath is definitely uh, a number one aspect that's helped so being present with wherever i'm at and there's a shift around me so one example that came to mind is i was expressing and dancing at this um in Costa Rica, in Puerto Viejo, at... Oh, what's the name? I can see it in my mind. It's been a while since I've thought of the name of this place. It's opened by a Canadian brother, too. Anyways, what happened was... There was... Um, uh, what kind of music? Reggae-style music that was quite conscious. It wasn't just, there wasn't a lot of swearing or derogatory kind of things happening in the lyrics. Um, but the vibration, the frequency of the music was definitely impacting people to feel good and then other people to feel and process emotions maybe that they weren't aware of. So there was a man, I was dancing and there was a brother who bumped into me quite abruptly and I was jolted out of my trance dance state and so I just looked and left it alone and went towards the DJ and I noticed there was like quite the strong energy and then went away and there was a bit of some kind of disruption but I wasn't present fully to what was happening and so I got bumped again and it was the same brother he was trying to get at the DJ again this time a bit more like was yelling at the DJ, he didn't like the music, it was being, he was agitated. Then a third time, bumped into me again, and so this time I was looking around like, someone should do something, and he was trying to like wedge behind people in the wall like to get at the DJ this time. And so I'm like, well, I guess I gotta do something. So I walked over to him, and I just tapped him gently. I looked him in the eyes, and he's like, ah, 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 ah. and I, I went like this. I just used my hand to motion him like, follow me, gently just you know follow me and he stepped away from the wall and followed me a bit and I just put peace fingers up and his whole demeanor just like it was like he was possessed by something that he couldn't control and it just dissipated just and he calmed down and by that time the owner oh names aren't coming right now the owner came over and he was gonna you know talk to him or like hey buddy calm down and I said just give him a moment and like he's okay now so it was really really phenomenal this this experience of whatever was happening to be able to still feel for the person and have compassion and to take an action that could assist the greater of all you know because who knows what could have broken out from aggression and then more aggression and then you know it just mm. and that, yeah. that, that's a really good point and it stimulates in me a, a this experience I had recently when I first was arriving in Guatemala and I went near uh, Tikal to Flores I think is the name of this island mm -hmm. it was the first opportunity there was a big celebration I heard this music and fireworks and so I went out and found that this nice like fair with all these food stalls and then the music was coming on and I was super excited ah oh, time to dance with people 
and experience this new culture. And then when the music started, it was so loud. I was really taken back for a moment. I, luckily, I had earplugs on me at the time. I put in earplugs, but there was just this really like powerful, super loud uh, music out of the speakers. And I just thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And I started getting really excited and dancing. And then I started to see the effect on the other, the other people around. And and you know, it started to warm up. And then you know, we were we were dancing. We were celebrating. And I remember this moment. You know, it really excites me when I can see that reflection back. You know, I can I can feel the music. I can enjoy it. I can move. And then I can see how others respond and how they move and then it's like this game where we exchange exactly and we escalate and elevate each other and then there was this moment where I also like to move around so I was moving all through the crowd and things and then there was this moment where boom I came face to face to this nine-year-old girl and she had a a bucket on her head with like coca-colas and water bottle and just the, the look she was giving me like you know, she just looked totally shocked and just like this. And I, I immediately felt that in my body too. And I was like, whoa, you know, I, I went from basically moving through this joyful flow, experience yeah. to like <laughs> confronted with a young girl who's here working to sell stuff and, and also just like looking at me in such a way that I felt like I need to do something and I didn't know what to do. And uh, it, it, it brought me down for a moment out of this um, exuberant, mm. ecstatic state. And I was really contemplating like, whoa, how do I, I don't know, how do I face sometimes things that seem, seem unfair? You know, like the, the privilege that I have to even be in a different part of the world and to be enjoying myself so much just you know, because I want to, but on the other hand, like, wow, there's someone, and that's just one example, but I've experienced this before. There's someone who's like in a completely different context and I don't know what to do about it, but seemingly by doing what I was doing before, which was, you know, in this transcendence state, <laughs> um, like I felt like I should do something else. And what did you end up doing? What I ended up doing was, smiling at her and and um dancing a little bit with her and and she just continued to look at me and eventually we walked away and i saw her with her little brother and they were kind of just watching at the sidelines and i kept dancing mm. <laughs> because uh i didn't know what else to do and it felt good so i kept doing it but i was really like humbled in a moment of my own inner universe you know what I hear in that is that you were able to bring the inclusiveness together, like bring her into a bit of your world and meet on a level where you could both enjoy, you know, and dance and exchange. It's like when I was in Dakar in Senegal, I was along the shoreline and there was this business and there was this amazing live music happening. I was dancing and in Africa, as you most likely know, there's lots of people who walk around with food that they sell, whether it's bags of peanuts. And so there was this whole family and there was little girls that looked like they wanted to dance. So I was welcoming them and, and they're like, it's like they knew they weren't allowed in this establishment. And I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. So I managed to coax some of them in and we were all dancing, these little girls and I were dancing and you could see the moms were like also watching. And 
I just felt, you know, this is your home, this is your land, you should be welcome to come to these places just because you can't maybe afford to regularly come or ever come to afford a meal doesn't mean people should shoo people away like this is this is where you live this is your country you know so the inclusiveness as you were talking my go-to is besides checking in with myself and breathing and just trusting what is the right thing to do reminds me of our brother Nate with the Kingston Bell Park Tenting Sanctuary. His mother told him, you know, you should never be afraid to do the right thing. And what is the right thing? I believe it's to include other people in our joy and our bliss. And it's okay to be in our own world of that. But when there's an opportunity to have a shared experience, that's what life is about, to share and connect. And you never know what that that moment can do, what the ripple effect will be in someone's life. You know, so, yeah, I feel like that's ultimately one of the things is like how can we be inclusive and it's like a different kind of experience when I was in Morocco and there were some street performers and I was so drawn by the music and I was dancing and then all of a sudden there was a man who went to try to take the tips out and one of the musicians warned him and obviously they had a repertoire before they'd known like they bumped into each other before maybe had a but at one point one the musician got up and he became aggressive with the man and he took him over to the alley and that was when I first arrived in Africa, so I hadn't had as much experience taking action in the moment. But what I did was I observed, and he took him out there, and he didn't end up beating on him or anything. He just kind of like gave him a bit of like a shake and like ah, very aggressively, and then came and sat back down. And in that moment, what I felt to do, because sometimes it might not be right away that we think of something, but afterwards I just... I danced a bit closer to the musicians and I was standing near the one with the guitar singing and I believe he was the percussionist and he sat back down and I could see him between like your arm here, the musician that was standing, I could see him through a crack and I just looked him in the eyes and I just held up peace fingers and I gave him that, you know, that motherly kind of like, ah, you know better, you know, just like, and he smiled and he nodded and he got, he got the message. So your peace fingers are very important. My peace fingers have been, and a lot of people have not actually, there's people who do not know, wow, I've not ever had a white moth on me before. It's a peace moth. (laughs) We have this moth joining us. I feel like a lot of people do not know uh, the symbol of peace either in Africa. It wasn't something that was general knowledge. And so I feel like... um, we have the opportunity to see and be peaceful no matter where we go. Instead of shooing something away, we can embrace it and see what, you know, what gifts it has for us. So. A last point that I want to touch on yes. for this moment is about this moment in time, yes. in history, in this, in, you know, this crisis with corona, with lockdowns, with economies, with people afraid, people not knowing what to trust, everyone having an opinion on what's going on, and and, uh, a lot of people, you know, isolating themselves, removing themselves from outside sources. I think this is an important time to, uh, to share really fundamental messages on how we're going to live and and proceed forward and honor you know the f- essential freedoms and liberties of life and that's not really a question that's a statement so my question would be 
what would you say to people who who are looking for who are looking a direction or guidance as a whole yes and a new way to show up in this in this situation that we're in yes so i i appreciate you bringing our present circumstance and into this conversation because i feel the simplest answer that i can see um, the simplest is to really ask oneself um, what would you do if it was up to you if humanity's fate was up to you like what kind of example will you set and to come from doing the right thing that is for the highest good of everyone not just for self-gain or just your family but is this a decision or is this good for everyone and how can we you know who can I work with or collaborate with that I haven't in the in the past that would make life so much more enjoyable how do we come together I've been out of team settings and whatnot for so long and just like that um, what was it the Cristiano streaming with his collaboration there in Kenya as that brother was saying in the video if you want to go fast you go alone if you want to go far you go with a community and I feel like that points to what you know we, we should really be doing as humanity anyone who's been an individual lone ranger kind of mentality to join forces with other people um, but the simple answer is again being the example you know you might not understand fully what it is because maybe you've never seen what peace is maybe you've never felt gentle touch but to be open to discovering it and the moment you call that into your life experience you say you want something it will come it might take something for you to get to that point I mean you might have to experience all the areas in which you are not peaceful before you get to peaceful but that is also trusting in the journey that's part of the process it's not just something that's instantaneous and overnight like an instant message you know um, but it can be we can shift the context from it being hard and challenging and and suffering uh, to being curious and having fun and having it being light you know there's there's enough people that have suffered um, so if we can all just think like well I might not know what the difference looks like or I might not be completely well versed in it but I can definitely imagine what it might be like or look for signs of other people being able to exemplify it and then doing my best to replicate it so there's lots of things in powerful women that I didn't have certain examples of how certain women speak or conduct themselves and as I've met other sisters along the way and mothers and grandmas I've been so inspired but I didn't know what I didn't know until I saw it with my own eyes so that's why I've taken this stance on being the example you know I when I was in Africa it was as simple as I'm in a traumatic zone I'm having my own traumas coming up how can I deal with this situation and it was just to take that basic knowledge I'm like well all these great people Gandhi and all these other leaders like what did they say well be the example okay what's it like to live from that so another thing I pose to people is take your favorite quote quote and see what it's like to engage your life and live by that quote be the example it's something so simple but can you really be the example in any situation in any circumstance 
And if we want a peaceful world, what does that look like? What is a peaceful human like? So that's, that's what I would say to people is, you know, really think about, is this what you would like to pass on? And if it, how someone treats you or you've been treated, if that's not nice for you, then don't do it to another and, you know, be patient with yourself. We need to be patient with ourselves as we transition and learn, but celebrate the small wins also. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, I've really accomplished this, or I've. I hope. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that's that's what I've got at the moment. Wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing some of your wild wisdom and. Uh, <laughs> And I'm curious. Um, oh, and always pee outdoors. Pee by the trees. Water the yeah, plants. Definitely pee, <laughs> pee on your compost. I would say start your own personal compost. Pee on it. Look after it. Let let the life go back to yeah. the land. And uh, is there a place where people can find more of your yes. work? Yes. There's a Facebook page. Music. Uh, well, YouTube. There's two YouTube channels, or three or four actually, but the main one is The Heart Followers, where I've interviewed people around the world of why it's important for humans to follow our hearts or how to follow our hearts. There's another one with my musical journeys, the very beginnings of all the off notes, uh, out of key range and <laughs> um, beginnings of the artist development uh, on a page called Legendary Muse. And then there's another page called The Heart Followers Travel, Food, Fun, and Facts. That's how I um, learned how to exchange services, like making promotional videos for a few places when I had no more money and I was traveling. Um, and uh, there's also Keisha Music with a Q at the end of music instead of a C, can. And the, uh, the inspiration. Music can? Yeah, the uh, <laughs> inspiration for that came from Keisha Music can heal the world or can transform the world. It was that kind of context. And also having encountered Cristiano, it was kind of like a tag team thing. And then I started this, we can can clan. We are the we can can clan, like where we can do anything essentially. Um, so there's those sources. Uh, and Facebook has the heart followers also that has videos shared from YouTube and different aspects of the journey. Beautiful. Yeah, and uh, there's a blog also from legendary muse in that, in that world. Uh, and people can also email directly to theheartfollowers at gmail.com if they're interested in collaborating or sharing other... Oh, and SoundCloud too. That's what I've been using as a podcast in a sense to share moments and inspirations. Then the podcast is The Heart Followers. Spotify, SoundCloud, that's how I've been kind of creating this heart follower network Wonderful. Well, yeah. thanks for all this that you're doing, <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's do this again. Okay. Blessings. Aho. Aho. May all beings be peaceful, happy, at ease, and joyful.